Um, and I would like to start by asking a question. How many of you would consider yourself to be an optimist? Hands up. You definitely. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. How many of you would consider yourself to be a pessimist? <laughs> or maybe I should put my hand up yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how many of you would say you're not a pessimist but a realist? You're a realist? Yeah, fair enough. I would class myself probably as a recovering pessimist. So <laughs> that's where I'm placing myself. <laughs> So, we've been listening over the last few weeks about Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Jesus was on a mission, and he was on a mission to bring freedom to those that he met there in the, in the events leading up to Jerusalem and to his death and his resurrection. And the time came at that time to celebrate the Passover meal together, which was the festival that remembers the escape from Egypt for the ancient Israelites years and years, decades and centuries before. So in Luke 22, verse 7 to 8, it says, Now the festival of the un unleavened bread arrived. When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead and said, Go and prepare the Passover meal so that we can eat it together. So as a Jew, Jesus had come to Jerusalem along with throngs and throngs of people who came to celebrate this Passover festival. And it would be a massive Huge ordeal, huge. Everybody just came, and they came to Jerusalem as the centre. And they were celebrating their heritage, their ancestry, and they were giving thanks for the freedom that God had provided for the people of Israel all those years ago when he saved them out of Egypt. Um, and the Israelite people had been slaves in Egypt for about 430 years approximately, give or take, um, which is a huge amount of time. It wasn't just that they just had a bit of slavery. It was went on for years and years and years and years and years and years, and probably more years. Um, and God had promised their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that they would have a home in the promised land as their inheritance. And yet for centuries, they were still trapped in Egypt and slaves under the Pharaoh. And if I was one of those Israelites, with my whole community and my whole people living in that slavery, I think I definitely would have said I was a pessimist at that point because it, there was no, no outlook that was positive. It was bleak, they were under oppression, and they, there was no light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Nothing on the horizon that was looking like it was likely to bring any sense of freedom. But then in Exodus 12... 1 to 14, we read that while they were still living in this land of Egypt, God gave Moses and Aaron, the leaders, some instructions. So it says this, Announce to the whole community of Israel that each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no defects. And they are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and the tops of the door frames of the houses that, where they were going to eat the animal. And they were to eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. And on that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorpost will serve as a sign marking the houses where you are staying. And where I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. 
and this is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival of the Lord. So that's what the people were doing, remembering what has happened in the past. Now, growing up, I had a relationship with Jesus. I was, uh, became a Christian at about three. I do remember it was that young. I was in my garden, and I remember you know, going up and saying, Jesus, come into my life. Um, but uh, during those years, um, I had a favourite book I used to read, and it was called The Very Worried Sparrow. And <laughs> it was very apt for me. Um, I, yes, that was how I saw the world. It was a dark place, a scary place, uh, where I wasn't safe, or I didn't feel safe, and around every corner there was lurking danger, and yeah, so that's, that was my perception, hence the pessimistic kind of nature there. <laughs> um, and uh, yes, I was very shy and anxious and thought, oh my goodness, like this sparrow, um, I remember the picture of the sparrow, he had huge eyes, and he was just so scared looking out of the nest, going, oh, what an awful place it is, the world. Um, and just like the Israelites who were slaves in Egypt who couldn't escape from the Egyptians at that time, I didn't know how to escape from being fearful and living with a negative outlook uh, on my life. Um, but God had a plan. And God had a plan all along to rescue his chosen people, the Israelites, who were living in slavery at that time. And he has a plan for us. It's not just in the past. He has a plan for each and every one of us in our lives. And just as the Israelites painted the blood of the Lamb over the doorways, and they were freed from death, and God led them out of Egypt into the Promised Land, God has provided the perfect Passover Lamb to be sacrificed for us. Jesus was that spotless Lamb, and he was the reason that his reason was to come and be sacrificed for us, to bring us into freedom. In John 1.29, it says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this was God's ultimate plan, to bring us that freedom for the wrong that we've all done and for the things that we feel slaves to, be it anxiety or negativity or hurts in our lives, or anything else that we feel trapped in. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 confirms this. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So in Luke 21 verse 14, we see what was happening when it was time for Jesus to celebrate that Passover feast. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have been eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So Jesus knew the significance of this Passover meal that he was sharing with his friends. This Passover celebration had a different emphasis for Jesus. It wasn't just about remembering the freedom of the Israelites all those years ago. 
he knew that he was the one, the ultimate spotless lamb that had come into the world to pay for the price of all people everywhere. And it was this that he was sharing with his followers, his closest friends, and he shares it with us too. And when we think of the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples, and we, when we celebrate communion, we're not just remembering what God has done in the past, that we are remembering that Jesus himself is that fulfilment of the rescue of his people, and that he comes to bring us new life, and he comes to bring us power, and he comes to bring us change in our lives. He has not just saved us from our sins and enabled to be with him when enabled to be with yeah enabled to, us to be with him when he when we die, but he's come that we can have abundant life now, here and now. Jesus' sacrifice has got the power to transform us on a personal level. And because of his love for us and the fact that he gave himself up for us as a perfect sacrifice, we can allow him into those really deepest places in our hearts and invite him to heal those places in our hearts where we have this pain or anxiety or hurt or any other thing that we struggle with. And it's in those places in our hearts, once they get healed, then change happens. It's not just that they get healed, it's that something else comes into that place. Um, and that's what I have found, I've experienced on a, on a personal level, that the more time I have spent opening my heart to God in his presence, just spending time in his presence and reminding myself of his love for me, the more I've been asking him to show me where I've seen things in a negative way and not his point of view, and where I'm fearful, where it be feeling of failure or what other people think of me, their opinions, the more I'm asking into the, him into those places, I am seeing a change. And that is what he's come to do, he's come to bring a change in our lives. And I'm asking him to show, him how, show me how much he loves me and how much he accepts me. Because I don't think I really realised that for a long, long, long time, that actually he loves me individually and perfectly and completely. And as I've been listening to that, as I've been re re receiving that truth in my life, I then have been able to experience that truth. It's not just head knowledge. It's not just, oh, yes, God loves me. It's that I'm feeling it on the inside, and it is changing me, and it is giving me more confidence to do the things that I am meant to be doing, and I've got less fear than I did have before. And the more I dwell on it, the more I, I just completely am getting more... Um, accepting that he does completely accept me and that he treasures me and that as I'm opening my, my heart to his love and resting in his presence I'm beginning to see that negative perspective shift in different areas of my life and that I have got a more positive outlook on things and that I can see the things in my past with a more positive outlook and I'm sensing that reality of God's love deep inside where I haven't received or experienced it before. And, and it is amazing, actually. And I think, believe that God wants to share with each of us personally. It's not just for me. It's not just for him over there or, you know, those other people that experience God. It's for everybody. We all have a personal walk with him. We all have a personal relationship with him. And he has a personal relationship with us individually for everything that we go through individually 
and he knows us completely. And he is that ultimate sacrifice for us in all of those places. All our weaknesses, all our wrongdoings, all our failings, where we feel we don't measure up. Our lives can be transformed and they are changed from one degree of glory to the next because he is the one that took everything on himself so that we can be free. Uh, can I get the band up, please? Jesus died on the cross and gave himself up for us all. And it is that transformative work which has a powerful impact on our lives. It not only brought us that freedom from sin, but God has, Jesus has that power to continually change us and transform us from one degree of glory to the next. And in those places, like we've said before, where we feel that things are impossible, where we feel that there is no movement in something, I felt it was impossible that I could believe that I could live without being scared all the time and have a negative spin on everything. But I have seen a shift. And if there's been one shift, then there can be another shift because God moves. And he wants us to see that his reality can be a part of our life. He wants to bring us that real and true transformation in us, which makes a difference to our daily lives and which spills out into other people's lives. It's not just for us. It's for those that we come into contact with, those that we build with, those that we um, share community with. He wants, God, he wants his love to impact their lives as well as us. And we sang last week um, that uh, in Jesus' presence there's power and there's freedom and there's healing. And I really believe that God wants to bring that tr transformation into our lives, into all those areas, the things that pop into your mind as I'm talking, those things that you're thinking, oh, but what about that? And what about that? He wants to do things. He wants to bring the breakthrough into our lives. So I'd just like to take this opportunity now just to, for us to be just still in God's presence and respond to him in the things that you are thinking about as I've been speaking. So um, if you are able, um, can I invite you to just stand up and let's just invite God into those places where we're finding it hard, where we're feeling that anxiety, where we're feeling any negative emotion, any emotion at all that is negative that we want to give to God about our past, about our future, about health concerns, difficult relationships we have. God wants to meet you in those places. So just let him minister his peace to you in those places. So open up your hearts. Rest in his presence and receive his peace and his comfort. Allow him to speak to you and pour his love into those places in your heart. Thank you, Jesus, that you care for us individually that you know us individually. Thank you that we can give everything to you. We can release it to you and you can work. Thank you that you want to work in our lives. You want to bring us freedom in our lives. Thank you, Jesus.
広がる。